All right, welcome everyone to episode 15 of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. I am your host, Marco, alongside my co-host, Ian. And boy, do we have a show for you. Very excited for this weekend. Ian, how are you feeling? Doing well. We're in the middle of this triple header. So yeah, excited for the uh, the, the middle of the three. And uh, we should see some fireworks here, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think, obviously... The next two races are going to be on the same track and then moving over to Silverstone. So I think all three races, very, very fun. And so, yeah, really looking forward to uh, really looking forward to having a full packed agenda these next couple of weeks. Starting with this episode, though, we have our typical rundown with recent headlines. Then we're going to go through the Austrian track history, a little bit about the track, the weather update, and then our race predictions. So let's just get into it. Uh, Ian, do you want to start us off with recent headlines? Absolutely. One of the bigger headlines to come out of the F1 world this week was that Silverstone will be at full capacity at 140,000 fans in attendance. Great news. And of course, it has to be ruined by Lewis Hamilton putting out a statement that he fears that this move is premature. So what a nerd. What a fun sucker. Let us have fun, Lewis. Don't be a jerk. Yeah, it's like if you were at a party, everyone's having a fun pregame. Like everyone just got to the pregame. We just got done with finals. Everyone was kind of locked down studying. And then he's like, hey, actually, maybe we should turn down the music. Maybe, you know, we'll we'll take away the hard alcohol. You know, let's, let's not get a little too crazy here yet. So, um, yeah, that's a real bummer. And um, hopefully... You know, he kind of grows up out of that, but, uh, you know, we'll see you. He grows up, grows up out of being responsible. Yeah, that's I what mean, he needs to do. I would like him a lot more. I would like him way more if he did that. Right, exactly. Moving on, they're planning to slow down Formula One pit stops, starting at the Hungarian GP. I tried looking into this and kind of the reason why I really didn't understand it. It had to do with some human error and some, and, and some you know, timing of certain things. It uh, was way over my head, but... I'm, I'm very curious to see. It didn't seem like it was going to be much of a difference, um, but I think there were some safety concerns alongside of that. So just be be on the lookout for in a couple of weeks when we go to Hungary uh, and and seeing how that kind of affects some of the teams, some of the, some of the uh, pit stops. The only kind of reaction I saw about this was that Christian Horner said that he was upset that Toto and the FIA got together to do this. So there's two options here. One, Christian's just being Christian and he's spitting out bullshit, which he's been known to do here and there. Or two, this is just Toto colluding, saying, hey, Red Bull seem to have an advantage over us at the moment. So how can we kind of like have little tiny digs at them? One of them being obviously Red Bull super good at pit stops. So one of them taking that away. I don't know how this isn't going to affect everybody. But yeah, again, also way over my head. That's why that's why people come to this podcast to listen to the experts that don't totally understand. That's right. Hey, we just get that, you know, that first two inches of information and then the the rest of the seventeen feet we'll leave to the other people. <laughs> two inches is actually uh, both of our nicknames in college. Yep, uh, yep, they doubled mine up and I am very proud of it. <laughs> uh, next up we saw some rumors about a potential car change in 2022 with cars being a little shorter lengthwise um i think this is going to help out on tracks like monaco where cars are just simply too long to pass um and yeah i you know other side of this i saw some annoying people online saying that oh it's actually not going to be that much shorter that's a gross represent you know gross misrepresentation it's actually only going to be like a couple inches shorter either way 
it's it's going to be good to see at least the ball moving in the right direction for cars to be shorter and potentially passing on further, uh, you know, on, on tracks that aren't as overtake friendly. Yeah, I was very curious about this too because I know we had talked about going into kind of the the history of how these cars got so long and if that picture was true and showing kind of the actual shortened type of car length that they're going to have to give up some stuff. So I know, you know, a lot of the reasons why the, the car got longer was to be able to have these quicker stops where you don't have to refill on gas and, you know, a lot of these other additional things into the car with the, the electric engine. So yeah, if it does shorten dramatically like that, very curious of how that's going to actually change the actual functionality of the car, but only time will tell. Yeah, so pretty quiet week in the Formula One world. I think everybody's just focused on races right now, but uh, moving into the Red Bull ring. So we'll give you a little bit of history about the Austrian Grand Prix and later a little bit about the track and weather. But let's get into a little bit about the Austrian Grand Prix. So the, the Grand Prix itself, first time they tried it out was in 1964. They essentially just went to the airport and saw that there was a long road by the airport that was a little bit of a loop with some curves, and they promptly decided, let's go ahead and give it a shot. Let's race some F1 cars on here. It was a total disaster in 1964. Lots of suspension failures, lots of uh, you know bumpy tracks, so they couldn't really race there at all. So they suspended it for about five, six years, and instead of racing at the airport again uh, in 1969, they developed a new circuit that was about 15 kilometers away from the airport. Seemed like a great new solution to the dilemma of the track banging up suspensions, wrecking tires, but it was still pretty dangerous. So the, the big track, they named it the Osterreich Ring. I think that's how you pronounce it, which translates directly to Austria Ring. Thank you. Uh, big, beautiful track, but it was pretty dangerous. Um, so like I said, the first race was in 1970. Five years later in 1975, the track claimed the life of an American F1 driver. Let's go America and also rest in peace. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Mark Donahue, um, again, it was back in the time where people were dying every couple of weeks. Like test drivers this year probably aren't going to get behind the car unless somebody has covid Test driver several years ago was like, all right, we just need this guy to uh, pass away and then I can get in the seat. Um, but yeah, the track was just known for being super dangerous, like kind of like Nuremberg is now. Um, you know, it, it didn't claim any more lives, but people would still crash and have pretty horrendous, uh, you know, horrendous damage to their cars. So in 1976, they changed it from the Osterreich ring to the A1 ring. Essentially, they just shortened it to make the corners a little slower. Uh, but it was still a really fast track. So they raced there from 76 to 87. Had a bit of a blackout period from 88 to 96. We've all been there before. Yeah, I was going to say, if there's anyone who knows it, it's my co-host here. Um, and then from 97 to 2003, they raced. Uh, didn't really, it, it sort of was seen as a little bit more of a boring track. But then they finally returned in uh, 2014 it's known as the Red Bull Ring um, and has been since their return in 2014. Ironically, the first time that they went back to race there, Nico Rosberg won. Uh, then the following year, Rosberg, following year, Hamilton, following year, Baltas. And so you'll hear a lot about how, oh, this is Red Bull's home track. It's like, yeah, kind of, because Red Bull is based out of Austria. But as far as like what normally suits the cars themselves, 
Um, you know, Mercedes has won five out of the seven times that we've raced at this track. So yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, it's it's got a cool track, got some history on it. Obviously got some blood, unfortunately, from our boy, uh, Mark Donahue. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think just kind of appreciation of the track, it will play a part in your viewing experience. So that's a little bit of the history. Um, now on to the track itself that we'll be racing on. Marco, why don't you take over there? Yeah, very interesting, very cool history. Thank you, Ian. So Thanks. more about the, t- of course. Uh, so more about the track itself. Seventy-one laps. So you're like, wow, that's a lot of laps. But it's a pretty short track, four point three kilometers. It's about two point six miles, and it was built in the scenic Styrian Mountains, and it makes for a very awesome backdrop. Uh, if you have not seen this race before, very very cool um, in the just kind of in the bowls of the Styrian Mountains. And if you are a visitor and going out to the race this weekend, thanks for listening. And you could actually look, and there's a museum in Graz, which is dedicated to the city's favorite son, Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, But moving back to the track, a very cool part of this track is actually the hills of this. So there's a ton of altitude within this track, boasting from a 12% maximum uphill gradient and then a 9.3 maximum downhill gradient. Looking more about the track itself, there's two DRS zones. The first half of the track rewards really power as the cars blast along three straights separated by a pair of uphill right-handers. But then on the second half, the drivers work their way downhill. The circuit almost comes kind of like a regular toboggan ride where they're just kind of going back and forth, making these sharp turns. And as, as the cars canyon through a series of quick, quick corners, uh, we were seeing actually some G-force through the free practices. They were getting up to five, close to five Gs. I think I saw some from 4.7 to 4.8 Gs. So just really, really sharp, fast turns, which is going to be very fun. I believe the drivers get pretty sore after this race. So yeah, that really is a, a quick overview of the track itself. When it comes to the weather, Saturday is going to be 75 with a 40% chance of rain. And Sunday is going to be 81 and sunny. So hopefully we get some very different perspective when it comes to them maybe potentially using the wet tires on Saturday and then just kind of speed and hopefully the the track has dried out on Sunday. And so, you know, a little bit different on uh, Saturday to Sunday. And that does it pretty much for the track about the track and some of the weather that we have going on this weekend and moving right along into our race predictions. So a little recap of where everyone is. It is Ian 8, Marco 7, and uh, our first question we have is, who do you think will crash our DNF? I'm going to go with Yuki Tsunoda. Yeah, I'm going to go with Pierre Gasly. He's, uh, he's had a couple close calls, and, um, and it just seems like in the highlights that I see of like practices, he's getting cutting it kind of close, so I think he's a little too, too gutsy. But yeah, that'll be... My DNF, uh, my winner. Alpha Tauri on the Alpha Tauri on the on the ropes for both of us. Here. I know. Okay. I mean, they crash into each other. We're both right. We can high five. Hell yeah. Um, for a winner, myself, I'm gonna pick Sergio. I think uh, the obvious. I don't know what kind of loser would pick Max as a boring answer, but um, you know, obviously a Red Bull is gonna take it home here. So who do you have? I'm gonna go with. Max Verstappen. I guess I am boring. <laughs> Mister Two Inches is gonna go with the easy pick. <laughs> Uh, moving on to last place, I'm going to go with old Nicholas, Nicholas Latifi. I um, don't think that – I just wanted to kind of switch it up a little bit from, you know, we've been picking on Haas all year, well-deserved, but, you know, switch it up a tiny bit. 
Yeah, I don't see uh, how Mazepin's not going to finish last in this race, so count me in for a Mazepin, and that takes my Mazepin count down uh, to seven. Very nice. Driver of the day for me, um, I don't know if he's going to win, really. I'm kind of going out on a limb there, so um, if not Sergio win, then I'm going to predict a Sergio driver of the day. What about you? Doubling down on the whole surge, I love it. I'm going to go with Lando. Lando is actually, a little fun fact for you, the only driver that has not caused any damage to his car this year. So I think just going to play the odds of him not getting in some trouble on the track. And he has just been racing a hell of a race year so far. So just, you know, keeping up with that keeping up with that positive energy from him. He really has. You could argue he's the most consistent driver on the grid right now. The only guy to uh, to be in the points every race. That is correct. And moving on to Douche of the Day, brought to you by, obviously, our favorite sponsor, Summer's Eve. I'm going to go with Carlos Sainz. I just saw one little clip of free practice where Gasly got real pissed off at him, and I was just like, all right, well, maybe maybe we'll bring this into the, into the race itself. Yep, I'm going to go for the other side of that coin, the Pierre Gasly. I feel like he, uh, again, he got yelled at by Lando last race. It was very funny when Nico Rosberg was making the two of them hash it out on live television. Uh, and then, obviously, he got pretty mad at Carlos Sainz for something that I don't really understand. So, yeah, count me down for douche of the day. He'll probably crash out or something like that, I hope. And then He I definitely mad. did get – I feel like I watched that thing. I was just like he got overly, overly mad about uh, what Carlos did, which, you know, I think he was a little bit in, in the way there. But, he, yeah, he was furious. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, let's move on to fastest pit stop. Uh, Red Bull aside, who do you got? I'm going to go with the other group's home race, AlphaTauri. Nice. All right. So <laughs> we got a bit of a jumbled race predictions here. Um, but, yeah, I'll go with Mercedes. Um, I feel like there's some sketchiness going on with Toto and the FIA. I don't know how that's going to uh, translate in a pit stop itself. But, yeah, there's Mercedes is up to something. So count me down for Mercedes' fastest pit stop. And then the best part of this whole race prediction sector uh, your wild card prediction. Give me something wild. So I know you went with you went with Gasly with douche of the day. I'm gonna go with a Gasly podium. So <laughs> yeah, very very against uh, your predictions. And obviously, you know these could be the deciding factors of a, a winner or loser by the end of the season. Uh, definitely. My wild card prediction is gonna be your driver of the day, Lando, finishing outside of the points for the first time uh, this season. So. Um, just not seeing eye to eye. I, love I it. know, like basically opposite in, in every single one of these. The only thing that we think <laughs> is going to be the same is that uh, is that a Red Bull is going to finish this race first. So, yeah, we'll see. I'm excited for this one. I feel like one of us is – if one of us is right, it means the other one is dead wrong. So that's <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah, so I like that. Someone's going to really – maybe – I mean most likely we're going to be both wrong for everything. But yeah. if someone does start hitting, it's really going to you know start to, to show a gap between the two of us, which is always fun. Uh, I, I think some things that I actually noticed – Either earlier this week or on free practice, Botas almost murdered some uh, McLaren pit crew. I don't know if you saw that. He was he was leaving his pit and then just spun out and, and almost hit the McLaren garage, and they had to help him out. But Botas did that. He he almost he ran Giovinazzi out on the off of the road. So he might be up there for maybe douche of the day. He's been coming in hot head, and maybe he's just all this tension with he's that he's had with Mercedes. Uh, but be on look for that. And also, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, the 
AlphaTauri and Red Bull crew, uh, so the four drivers went out and did like a <laughs> an expedition kind of thing. Did you watch that? Yeah, man. I don't know if I've ever been more jealous of like an off track little team bonding experience because it looked like they had a time. Obviously, yeah, and I think this kind of like Yuki was a character. I thought that this made me kind of move back. I know the beginning we were really loving on Yuki. You made a hard turn. I, I started to see that way as well, but um, he was cracking me up. I, I know at the beginning him just freaking out on the uh, the hydroplane. Does not seem like he's a, a huge fan of, of planes himself, so that was really funny. And yeah, just kind of get a little bit of off the track view of some of these drivers i thought it was very very entertaining so if you not had not seen that it's on youtube i think it's about only 15 minutes but they do kind of do a like a an off the track race between each other with a bunch of different uh, obstacles or types of races in between yeah they looked the part too they looked very austrian in their getup uh has little like lederhosen or overalls whatever the shit that is yeah i've seen it i feel like every single year red bull makes their drivers wear those damn lederhosen do you think that's in the contract? Uh, dude, I, I, probably, yeah. Probably. <laughs> you do what we say when you come to this race. If Kimmy got signed by Red Bull and that wasn't in his contract, I could very much see him being like, uh, actually, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to look like an Yeah, idiot they'd be like, you. hey, you know, you can stay with Alfa Romeo or you could come here. And he's like, oh, this isn't my contract. I'm not, I'm not coming to Red Bull. <laughs> I would much rather, yeah, be at the back of the best of the rest. Then, uh, yeah, then, then have to wear this bullshit, but <laughs> cool, man. Uh, anything else? No, I think that does it. Yeah. Really, you know, have high expectations going into this race weekend, which usually turns out to be a boring race. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, appreciate everybody listening. We will be here for the after show of, uh, of this Grand Prix. And then I don't know what we're really going to do next week just because we can't really recap the Austrian Grand Prix and the track again, but we will figure it out. That's a future us problem. Yeah, no, we'll be fine. We'll figure it out. We always do. All right. Everybody enjoy the race. We'll see you soon. All right. Yeah. Thanks, assholes. See you, assholes.